A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 607, good morning. Mike Casper is out today. I'm Rick Worthington, filling in. And he'll be out all week. Yep. He a lot had of people tuned in this morning, said it ought to be a lively show, and then Worthington showed up, and I'm out! He had, I believe he had a, a, a vacation trip of some sort planned, which may be a, a working trip for his wife this week, but uh, unfortunately, about a week ago, her mother also passed away, right. and so they've got a, a funeral or services for um, his mother-in-law today, and then I think they leave like tomorrow on vacation or something. Well, our condolences to Tracy and uh, Mike and the rest of the Casper family, mm-hmm. certainly. Her mother lived in Caldwell. Uh, it was an eventful weekend, to say the least, uh, fueled by much of what happened Friday with the United States Supreme yeah. Court decision. An awful lot of people uh, wanted to get outside and all get together this weekend. As I hear the count was up near 1,000 folks that showed up to protest on Saturday late afternoon, early evening. Yeah, at, down at the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We uh, went to uh, dinner uh, in downtown Boise, as a matter of fact, it was Chris on Saturday night. At a boy, and there were just tons and tons of people that were walking in front of the place, and and we figured out they had been to the rally. So yeah, there mm-hmm. were a lot of people there. As I understand it, they lined up around six thirty at uh, one of the local parks, and then made their march from the park to the Capitol, and it was around a thousand folks. I don't know what the exact count was, but I'm taking uh, a couple of our local newspapers at their word. Okay. Um, for the most part, it was peaceful. As I understand, there were some counter protesters that had lined the street somewhere and, um, uh, not unexpected. I don't think, especially for Idaho to have a counter protest of some kind going on. Yeah. Usually just uh, across the street from whatever's going on. But I, I was glad to see that there were no citations. There were no fights mm-hmm. that I'm aware of. Maybe somebody else saw something that was different, but I am not surprised there was a big protest. In fact, I heard quite a few people say that they were going to go, and I'm glad that it didn't get ugly. It did, however, in some places across the United States over the weekend, the closest one to us being Portland, Oregon, where protesters thrashed Portland once again. Shocker. What they do this time? Well, apparently it was a small group of protesters that just started vandalizing things left and right in the downtown area. Yeah, but they'll do that for no reason. That, that's true. But true to form, Portland Police Department let it happen. Mm-hmm. Didn't make any arrests. Didn't issue any citations. Just let them go. And, uh, you know, therein I have a problem, of course. Yeah, it seems like an odd time to take the path of least resistance. So if you want to know what was going on this weekend, there was actually quite a bit going on in downtown Boise over the weekend that was not protest-related, but there was also a protest that happened Saturday night, and that made things a little bit more lively. And it was a beautiful weekend. I mean, it was, it was almost a little too hot. But, it was uh, smoky hot yesterday, my gosh. There were tons of people that were out and recreating like they hadn't been. It was like the first time for two and a half years yeah. for some of them, I think. Yeah. So we have uh, uh, my, my little girls 
we had one of their friends call and say, hey, let's go check out the splash pad at Settlers Park. So Sunday, we got on our bikes and rode our way over to Settlers Park and Mm -hmm. did the splash pad. And by the time I got there, there were no spots in the shade. So I... It was pretty Sat full of people. Roasted. Huh? Yeah, it was it was full of people that's, for sure. That's at what Eustick and Meridian, yes? Yeah. That's Settlers yep. Park, right? Yep. So Settlers Park was full. There <laughs> was volleyball going on. There were people playing pickleball. There was the cornhole area that was full of folks. And uh, of course the splash pad in the park full of kids. The, it was lively. Did the girls get some time in the splash pad? Oh yes. Good. Yes, they they splashed around quite a bit. Splashed more than they should, Dad, I can tell you. <laughs> Got a little too close to that action. <laughs> probably, probably feeling sorry for you sitting in the sun. Yeah, yeah, but a, a, a very nice afternoon. I'll give you a heads up if you didn't hear our weather forecast at the uh, top of the hour there. Uh, very, very warm today. 100 degree temperatures today, maybe as high as 103 or better, depending on where you're at. And it's going to be probably near 100 degrees again tomorrow. I understand tonight, though, it's not even going to cool down past 70. Is that right? That's our nighttime low tonight, 70. So, hmm. Should I call home and tell her to put the sheets in the freezer? I mean, that that could help in some ways, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll get a it'll get noticed, yeah, re- I would think. Remember the linen closet? We're going to replace that with a freezer. Mhm. Something else happened on Friday that you may not have caught and I want to pay some attention to this for just a moment. Um while we were talking about Gun law legislation, why we were talking about the Supreme Court and their decision. An Air Force training event in Mountain Home left a cadet dead and sent two others to the hospital. 19 Air Force Reserve Officer Training Corps cadets were participating in a Friday training event at uh, Sailor Creek Range as part of the Mountain Home range complex this according to a news release from the mountain home air force base at least three people including 19 year old air force cadet mackenzie wilson were injured at about 12 30 friday afternoon during an instruction that involved a humvee this according to the air force training members and cadets immediately responded to the accident initiated life-saving actions wilson though did not survive. The 19-year-old cadet, Mackenzie Wilson, was killed during that exercise. Uh, She was from Eagle River, Alaska, and a student at Oregon State University. And while there were quite a bit of things going on that uh, probably was holding your attention, you may have missed that. So uh, our condolences to the uh, cadet's family. Mm-hmm. as well as the other cadets who were involved in the accident and the, the rest of the cadets that were part of the training exercise. Um, this was a vehicle accident involving a Humvee, and one of the cadets was killed, and it's definitely something that we want to pay attention to today, and you'll hear some of that in news today as well. All right, it's 14 minutes after 6 o'clock, and it's time for our first check on sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. It's the only place that Nathaniel will actually invite any of us to hang out with him. He doesn't want to hang out with us anywhere else. But, you know, at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli, you're not only going to get some great soup, you're going to get a great sandwich, and everybody's going to walk away happy. Except, you know, Nathaniel, who's then upset that we decided to join him. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. Let's talk NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, as you know, 
the Colorado Avalanche had a, a chance to come in and win the cup last night. They were down and had to come back. Up again behind the play, three on two for the Avalanche. Manson McKinnon back for Manson. Tapped over. Score! Oh! It's our Terry Lekkinen. It's a work of art. Lekkinen off the feed from Manson and McKinnon. As tallied and gives the Avalanche a 2-1 to lead. All right, so the Avalanche get the 2-1 to lead, a chance to win the Cup. In the waning moments, here's what it sounded like. Ten seconds now. Four check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way at the other end of the ice. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. <laughs> they did it. They did it. The job is done. The Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. And they will lift Lord Stanley a mile high. They're pouring off the bench. Colorado has defeated Tampa in six games to claim their third cup. Ladies and gentlemen, the cup is coming back to Colorado. That was a fun series to watch, too. Uh, Congratulations, Colorado Avalanche, 2-1 winner. And they take home the Stanley Cup. It's the third time they've won the Cup. You remember the uh, Avalanche from years ago when they were battling with the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Those were great series as well. And so was this one. The Lightning had a chance to win, but the uh, Avs come back to get it done. We'll talk more about the Stanley Cup. And by the way, there is a news flash. Yeah. Uh, as we were jumping into sports, we see that there is an Amber Alert that was just issued. I want to tell you all about that, but we need to take a break. We'll come right back, tell you all about an Amber Alert that was just issued. We'll do it next. KBOI News Time is 616. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Good morning at 823. Mike Casper out this week on vacation. Rick Worthington filling in for him today. Uh, as I would normally be in the newsroom handling this, I'm sitting in the anchor chair today or in the uh, host chair today, I should say. Mm-hmm. So we have an Amber Alert that was just issued. Uh, we saw this as uh, we were opening the show and it said it was a missing child warning. And now it has been up to an Amber Alert. And I have some details here. This is apparently... Uh, they are attempting to locate children that are believed to be with their babysitter who is believed to be using drugs. Okay, so who are they looking for? The first victim is Safria Holmberg. She is 11 months old. Uh, and the second victim here is Malik Holmberg, who is just one year old. So two very small children. Um. The person they are searching for, the suspect, is Sierra Martinez, who is 20 years old. She's five foot three, 165 pounds, brown hair, green eyes. Uh, one side of her head is shaven. Okay. Mm-hmm. She is believed to be driving a blue 2003 Honda Pilot with no plates or possibly even stolen plates. They have a VIN number, not like you're going to see that, but there's a VIN number that they're looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And they say that she is possibly en route to Lake Lowell or the Lake Lowell area. The address that the children are from or where this originated from is at uh, 423 14th Avenue South in Nampa. 
So the person would be driving from 14th Avenue South en route to Lake Lowell, if they have this information correct. And again, they're looking for a blue 03 Honda Pilot with no plates or stolen plates. It would be driven by a small white female who is 20 years old. Her name is Sierra Martinez. And again, I guess you could say could be driving erratic, could be all kinds of crazy, depending on what kinds of drugs she is on and using. And that's not confirmed that she is using drugs, says she is believed to be using Mm -hmm. drugs. But they're trying to find these two little kids that are with her. Last name is Holmgren, Malik and Safria, one year old and just 11 months old. So please keep an eye out for this 2003 Honda Pilot, and uh, we'll hope that we can get these kids home safely. Um, But this is something that just originated within the last 20 minutes, and uh, we're hoping that you can help. And, Chris, when you look at it, Amber Alert, time is always of the essence when you look at these things. If it's already been 20 minutes, chances are if she was just traveling from one place in Nampa to another, uh, that she's already made it. That's possible. So if yeah. you have seen anything, you need to let police know. Okay. And we will keep you updated on this as long as it is active and as long as we have uh, something new that we can get to you, we will certainly do that. And I'm going to do what I can here uh, during the, the break here uh, as we go into news. I'll see if I can throw this out on Facebook and on our web page as well. So I don't have a picture uh, right now. I'm sure that will be on its way as well. So Stand by. We've got a lot to take care of here. Again, an Amber Alert is active. They're looking for a 2003 Blue Honda Pilot driven by Sierra Martinez. KBOI News Time is 626. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 632 now in News Talk KBOI. Uh, very important you take this information in if you miss the newscast uh, at the bottom of the hour. We just are getting all this put together now. An Amber Alert has been issued originating out of Napa. All right. We do have information and a picture posted online at KBOI.com as well as our Facebook page. Uh, if you look to KBOI on Facebook, you'll get this. Here's what we're looking for, Okay. It's a 20-year-old woman by the name of Sierra Martinez, five foot three, 165 pounds, dark hair with one side shaven, driving a blue 2003 Honda Pilot with no plates or maybe even stolen plates, and she is uh, transporting two children, an 11-month-old girl and a one-year-old boy. And here's the problem. They're attempting to locate the children who is with this woman was their babysitter who is now believed to be on drugs. So that's why they're attempting to find this vehicle. Again, a blue 2003 Honda pilot with no plates or possible stolen plates. Um, so we don't have a license plate number to give to you. We can't tell you that there's a chance though, that it doesn't have any plates, but that doesn't mean <laughs> Chris, that it's the right mm-hmm. Honda pilot. If yeah, it doesn't we, have any plates, give them that, that update. Uh, there was um, an update from the state police. They, uh, had been tipped off that there was uh, a was a blue Honda Pilot mm-hmm. with no plates on the freeway, and so they closed in on that and ended up pulling them over. Turned out that was not the right one. It just happens to be another Honda Pilot without wow. plates. So that 
poor, that poor driver not only is going to be late for work, it's like, of course, they're looking for a car that looks exactly like mine. Where are my license plates, by the way? Um, uh, all jokes aside, we're talking about an 11 month old child and, uh, uh, another child that is just over a year old. And they are both with this woman who is believed to be on drugs. And that's why they're searching for, again, a blue 2003 Honda Pilot mm. with no plates or even stolen plates that are on it. Probably. I would say if you see a blue Honda Pilot, mm-hmm. you might want to just call that in because that's how that's how we maintain uh, getting right. these kids home safe. Yeah, the the, the one kid more than likely uh, a tad more than nine months older than the other. Mm-hmm. I believe they are. Um, and, and this is an amber alert. That's this is not a missing child alert. This is an amber alert. So we want to just make sure you understand the severity of. I mean, there there are a lot of things that come to us over the wire. Usually, it doesn't say amber alert, but when it does, mm-hmm. that's that really really important. It means an abduction or possible abduction. As uh, you know, being in the newsroom, we have to take a degree of training about things like this, and we're told that when you don't find the children. Within the first hour of an Amber Alert activation, the chances of finding that child are reduced by a factor of 10. So get your head on a swivel and let's see what we could do to get this, uh, get these kids found. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's a lot more that we need to take care of here today. Um, we're definitely going to be taking your phone calls. 208 336 3700 is the number you can reach us here. You can call us at 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Among the subjects we will be discussing, the protests that happened in downtown Boise over the weekend, uh, where somewhere near the uh, area of a 1,000 people showed up to protest, marched from Shri Buckner Webb Park to the Capitol. And this was Saturday evening, although peaceful. Um, and other protests that were held across the nation uh, that were not so peaceful, some that were, some that weren't. Uh, we'll talk about the gun bill legislation that passed. A lot of people were focused so much on what was happening with Roe v. Wade, they really didn't get to what happened with the gun bill or how Idaho's delegation voted on that. So we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit today as well. The, the gun bill didn't make uh, nearly uh, as, as radical a change uh, to uh, p- people's lives that's true. As uh, the the overturning Roe v. Wade did, mm-hmm. so you know it 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 made it a little harder for you to purchase or to own certain things, but didn't take away any guns mm-hmm. whatsoever. Anytime we talk about guns, though, here on KBOI, people's ears perk up, and well, so yeah. we know that's going to have a, a, an impact on you at some point. So we'll get to that today. Uh, just really quick, though, if you want more information about the Amber Alert that's activated, a picture of the suspect is available on our website at kboi.com as well as our Facebook page. Uh, so you can check that out uh, this morning if you like. KBOI News Time is 637. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 643 on News Talk KBOI. We'll get to sports here in just a moment. Talk a little baseball with you here in a moment. Again, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper. Mike will be back next week around this time. He's on vacation this week. Uh, Amber Alert been issued. I know we've been talking about it. I want to give out some details again because it's so important. You get these things out early. They're looking for a 2003 blue Honda. What is the name of it again? It's a 
a Honda what? Pilot. Honda Pilot. Thank you very much. Uh, driven by a 20-year-old woman. Uh, it may not have a license plate. It may have a fake plate on it. So uh, whether it's got a plate or not, if you see a 2003 blue Honda Pilot, you may want to call that in. Um, there are two children that they are looking for who is believed to be with this 20-year-old woman. Sierra Martinez is her name. Uh, they believe that she's on drugs and that she's headed to the Lake Lowell area. So that's Alleg- just the rough yeah, details that. here that we know. All of that allegedly, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is just what's been shared with us uh, by the um, law enforcement that are in the area, uh, Idaho State Police. So uh, we would encourage you to keep an eye out for that. And if you do see that, please call it in. There are a number of places you can call. Uh, 911 is the number one thing you should do call 911 if you see a vehicle like that and just let them know hey i heard there's an amber alert this is what we're looking for and i see it or i think i'm seeing that and the police will respond immediately believe me all right 645 time for sports it's brought to you by fat guys fresh deli and meridian i don't know what the soup is today but i know it's gonna be good because it's always it, good yeah, it's always good i've hot, never hot, been there and hot said and wow. uh, hot and wet i think is today's soup also delicious. <laughs> uh, yeah, it should, it you pair that up with a sandwich, and uh, you won't be uh, you won't still be hungry when you leave. We'll tell you that. Uh, call them today at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. You can order ahead. You can order online. Uh, Fat Guys Fresh Deli brings you sports today. Uh, the Seattle Mariners were involved in. Uh, a bench clearing brawl yesterday. Left fielder Jesse Winker. Will lead things off, swinging a hot bat. Nine for 18. Here's the pitch, and it's inside, and that hits Winker. And Andrew Watts hits him, and Watts has to go, and so does Phil Nevin. Winker walking slowly out in front of home plate, and now he's getting chirped at by the Angel players. Winker going over toward the dugout, and both benches are emptying. Winker going to the Angels' dugout. He is right in there. They're starting to throw punches. Holy smokes, we got a full... Melee going on in the index circle. Everybody throwing punches. Angels out there, Mariners out there. And that was inside. It hit Winker. Winker had a few words with Stassi, walked over to the dugout. And now the umpires have their hands full trying to separate guys. Holy smokes, we have a melee in the index circle. Guys are still fighting one another. <laughs> well, make up your mind. Was it a melee, I mean, it a was melee or a, a Donnybrook? It was something. Seattle Mariner uh, manager, that is, Scott Cervais, Los Angeles interim manager, Phil Nevin, and six players ejected after the brouhaha. It's <laughs> another good adjective for that it. That is. Uh, it. It stopped and started twice before the Angels' closer uh, came back out uh, to the... Uh, <laughs> throughout a large container of sunflower seeds and gum in the infield. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Seattle lost. You know, that does sound entertaining. It, it was entertaining. I'm not going to lie. And that's why I played the soundbite that was so dang long there is because it was just, it was, you know, the most entertaining thing about the game. The only other thing I can tell you about the game is this. The knees as he awaits the next pitch and Munoz is ready. A peak at second. Here's the pitch. And that's a shot in the center field. That's going to drop in for a base hit. That's going to give the Angels the lead. Throw to third. The runner goes over the bag that was trout but the run had crossed the plate before trout was thrown out trying to go first to third so mckinnon 
with the two runners on here in the seventh inning. Drives in the go-ahead run as the inning ends on that play at third base. And that's how it would end as well. Final score, 2-1, to one, Angels over the Mariners. And there'll be some fines. There'll be, you know, <laughs> more on the uh, brawl. Some suspensions, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. You're going to be hearing more about that. KBY News Time, 647. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper is out this week. I'm Rick Worthington filling in for the time being. Sorry about that. No, we appreciate it, really. Damn near impossible question coming your way here in a little while. We have a question ready to go, and we give you a little extra time to work on it. Chris Walton, what is today's question? Uh, Well, here is the number that you will need to have to call. Uh, We're going to call, or make you call, or ask you to call, I guess, at about 818, 819, along Mm -hmm. in there. Uh, 208-336-3700. And uh, if you win, you will win a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. Yes, you do want that. Yeah, you do. Today's question uh, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. And uh, the question, what machine was installed for the very first time anywhere 55 years ago today? It was installed in the borough of Enfield in London, England. I'll give you that one more time. What machine was installed for the very first time anywhere 55 years ago today? It was installed in the borough of Enfield in London, England. Okay. You got some time to work on that. And then again, somewhere uh, after uh, 8.15, we'll ask you to call in and see if you can get a chance to win that gift certificate. $50. You get some barbecue. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Get some ribs. Get a little brisket. I'm talking about. I've had that barbecue before, R&R barbecue. It's fantastic. Had some pulled pork, a little chicken, maybe some sausage. Also, an update coming your way on this Amber Alert that was issued earlier this morning. Stand by for that. KBOI News Time at 7 o'clock. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, glad to have you with us on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week, who is vacationing and uh, doing, among some other things, uh, going to a funeral service today. So, Mike, we're thinking about you and your wife today. Hope you're doing all right. And for the rest of you that are joining us today, there's something really, really important that we have to tell you. There's an Amber Alert that was uh, put into effect not quite an hour ago, originating in Napa, looking for a blue 2000 series uh Honda Passport? No, it was, it was a Pilot. Honda Pilot, thank yeah, you. 2003 Honda yeah, th- There's a difference there, yeah. Honda Pilot. So uh, it is a babysitter, a 20-year-old woman by the name of Sierra Martinez who is believed to be using drugs. And so it, it's critical that they find this vehicle and the two young children that are inside, uh, one just over a year old, the other just 11 months. So uh, please keep an eye out for that uh, blue Honda Pilot, 2003, and... Uh, We'll do what we can to get those kids back safe. Um, we also want to talk a little bit about everything that happened over the weekend. Of course, there were all kinds of big rallies over the weekend in response to what happened with the Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade. Um, 
But, Chris, I think the important thing to remember here is, for the most part, here in Idaho at least, these rallies were peaceful. Yeah, so far. People were, and like I said, we're in, in downtown Boise Saturday night. We weren't there for the rally, but we saw a lot of the people walking by. Very few of them actually were carrying signs, uh, like you see in uh, most towns. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of them just, it was just, you could tell it was just people who wanted to show up and, mm-hmm. and voice their opinion. There were some people who were in costume, but that was because there's an anime convention also going on downtown. Is that and, what it was? And, and a lot of them just kind of came over from the convention. When I was driving through town and I saw some outfits, I was like, yeah, well, I can't be part of the protest. And if it is, if, if you're not into anime, if you're not into anime, you wouldn't recognize anybody, but the, the costumes are actually pretty clever. Yeah. Driving Some home of them on, uh, on Saturday late afternoon, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to think of those costumes that were headed towards the Grove. Okay, now I know. Occasionally, anime convention. Occasionally you get somebody who looks, you know, good in a costume. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, we did I have a guest Sailor Moon or somebody. Friday afternoon with Nate Shellman. Megan Blanksma, one of our local representatives, came on to talk a little bit about the uh, the law that will take effect in Idaho, because we do have a trigger law that's in place here, and exactly what it is and how it works. So, for your listening pleasure, this is uh, Nate Shelman with Megan Blanks. Here to tell us more about it was the House floor sponsor for that bill, and I want to say that was 2020? It was, okay. 2020. All right, uh, State Representative Megan Blanksma, who made the drive up all the way from her home to this studio just for this interview. I've missed you that much. Nate. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really it. Um. Interesting, there are a lot of people who are celebrating. There are a lot of people who are really, really beside themselves and really upset. There's a lot of emotions on both sides. You are neither today. I mean, it's, 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 I'm, I'm getting a sense of gravity from you that I honestly haven't seen too many times. Well, I, I think we need to be pragmatic about it. Mm -hmm. I, I I understand the celebration for a, a project that's been going on for quite some period of time. And then I also am hearing the vilification that's happening that is completely unnecessary. And I think what we have is a situation where we, we need to start being pragmatic about what is about to happen. And instead of vilifying one party or the other, we need to start thinking about Idaho women and Idaho families and what we can do to improve the situation and expand and make sure they have access to services for pregnant women and for new moms that's what we our focus should be right now let's talk about what is coming let's the 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 trigger bill the trigger law that is uh that is coming in 30 days from today 30 days from the day the decision is official with the supreme court got it so so it's not it was just announced today it's not official yeah the the official document hasn't been produced okay so what's coming uh because some states have uh some states have weeks in front of their in front of their trigger laws where where uh what is it i think missouri is now uh illegal after eight weeks no exceptions for rape or incest uh, uh and, and we just heard that uh oklahoma didn't wait for anybody states are different what what does idaho have right idaho has three exceptions in the trigger law it doesn't have any any weak exceptions okay. like a number of weeks what it does has it has an exception for the health of the mother mm-hmm. it has an exception for rape and it has an exception for incest and what we're finding is the opponents of the these of the trigger law are ignoring those exceptions and not necessarily addressing them so they are there they exist 
Idaho Statesman, and I read the first paragraph, the first two sentences, um, and I want to go on from the same because you just touched on it almost by accident, that the uh, that the op-ed piece that they just put out now, and it's not even an hour old, Idaho Republican legislators who passed a trigger law that will ban most abortions will claim that this law protects victims of rape and incest. This is disingenuous and misleading about the law, about what the law really says. The only carve out is for victims who have reported the rape or incest for police. I think it's interesting that the Statesman Opinion Board is worried about disingenuous articles when they, in fact, put out one earlier this week that was completely disingenuous in calling out fake abortion clinics because they didn't provide the services that the statesman believes that they should provide to call themselves a clinic, Mm -hmm. which was absolutely false. They were providing services to pregnant women. It just wasn't necessarily abortions. And then the statesman decided to come out and call them fake, which is inaccurate. What they were trying to do was support pregnant women. If an abortion is performed in Idaho that doesn't have any of the, uh, any of the exceptions attached to it, health of the mother, rape, incest, Who's, who's held accountable? The person seeking the abortion, the person performing the abortion? The mother is not held accountable. The okay. provider is the one that's held accountable okay. and faces jail time and license suspension. Is that, is, that any, is that anybody or is it just a physician? No, so it's the physician and anyone who assists. Okay. So if you're assisting in an abortion that is outside the exemptions, mm-hmm. then there is a penalty for it. By the way, if you have a question, 208-336-3700. She's only here for half an hour. She's got to go back home. It is still Friday. All right, Nate Shellman speaking with Megan Blanksman there. Thank you very much, Nate. By the way, there's more to that conversation and some other questions that are answered. Uh, we'll try and get back to that a little bit later today if we can. And yeah, we will take your calls at 208-336-3700, as Nate said. If you'd like to jump in on that, you can send Chris an email. Don't send it to me. All I get is hate mail, and that's the way I like <laughs> to keep it. So if you have questions, send them to Chris Walton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks. Yeah. Nathaniel shakes his head like that's not really true, but you know it is, Nathaniel. What am I? Am I going to get letters now that say, "Hey, Chris, I really hate that Rick." Yeah, you will. You will. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, tell Rick to shut up. You know, there'll be something really nice at the front. You're doing a great job, Chris. I, but tell I, Worthington. I get shut those every day. Out, I get yeah. those every day, but they don't say Rick. Oh, well, can't help you there. Uh, by the way, it's time for sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Uh, they're open for inside dining. They're open for takeout. You come in or you call ahead and you pick it up, you take it home, you go get in the air conditioning because that's probably where you're going to want to be today. It'd be hot just in case you hadn't figured that out. Fat guys, fresh deli and Meridian call them at either of their locations, Meridian or in Boise and get your soup and sandwich plans for lunch today. All right. I want to talk real quickly about major league baseball for just a moment. If you did not catch Saturday's Houston Astros and New York Yankees game, it was kind of a big deal. Houston Astros got a no-header. A ground ball to third. Bregman fields, throws to first. In time, ball game over. Houston wins and pitches a combined no-header. Now, the Astros, not only is it a great thing, but think how good it makes them feel to do it at Yankee Stadium. Now, Houston wins the ball game. 3-0 in the ninth inning. Three up and three down. Houston did it all today. They won 3-0. They hit two home runs. 
They pitched a no-hitter, and they struck out 15. My That's goodness. a pretty good game for the Houston Astros. By the way, the two best teams in the American League facing off over the weekend. That was pretty cool. And the call on WFAM radio as well. Now, let's get to Sunday's game. How did that turn out? And the pitch is swung on and hit in the end of the block. That goes high. It is far. It is gone. It's a walk-off three-run home run. It's a judging blast. The deep left center into the bullpen. Yeah. And the Yankees win the ball game by the score of 6-3. All right, all rise. Here comes the judge. <laughs> yeah. That's a heck of a weekend to catch some baseball. You mm-hmm. get to see the opposing team come into Yankee Stadium and throw a combined no-hit, I, I 3-0 shutout victory. i got to say this, though. Among baseball fans, if the interest in a pitcher throwing a no hitter is say like ninety five on a scale of ninety, you know, one to a hundred, right? Uh, if you have more than one pitcher combined, it drops to about ten percent. <laughs> uh, judge hitting the uh, game winning three run shot, uh, a walk off for the Yankees. That's like I say, if you're going to catch two games on a weekend, you went to Yankee Stadium. That be the one you would want to check out. KBY News Time seven seventeen. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722. Everybody would like to make a little bit of money. So let's keep an eye on your money. Talk with Jeremiah Bates here to talk about uh, what's happening with the market today. Dow futures up forty-seven points right now. Good morning, Jeremiah. How you doing, buddy? Good, good morning, my friends. No, it uh, it's looking like we're starting the week off on a positive note. Hey, and the market did have a terrific week last week. So now the question is, can that momentum continue and will it? Because for the first time in a long time, the the rally that we saw last week kind of feels like it might last. You had the Dow Jones Industrial Average hitting up the week up almost five and a half percent. The S and P five hundred up almost six and a half percent. The Nasdaq finished up seven and a half percent and stocks broke their three week losing streak. So really, I mean, uh, markets are kind of looking at the future. They're thinking that the Federal Reserve might not be, they're likely be less aggressive with their rate increases in the future. That's kind of what they're banking on to an extent. Hopeful that the inflation numbers that we've seen perhaps have topped out and they'll start to moderate a little bit. You know, additionally, it's, um, you know, for the case for proponents for the market continuing to do well is U.S. corporations still have about seven, just north of seven trillion dollars in cash right now. And Bank of America put out an interesting forecast that they're predicting share, like companies doing share repurchasing and dividend increases are likely to go up moving forward. And the reason for that is because these companies really don't, there's, there's really no opportunity for capital expenditures. They, their, their profits are likely going to be low or decline. Um, productivity is likely going to decline. So really their only option to remain attractive in eyes of shareholders is to either buy back shares of their company, which then in, in theory would drive the price of their shares up or increase their dividends, which is tremendous if you're a stockholder because you're getting more cash coming from holding that specific stock. So, so there's obviously some cases that kind of are on the side of, Hey, you know, back half of the year, we might see a little bit of a bump. No one has the crystal ball, but generally speaking in a high inflationary environment, companies that have shown a track record 
to uh, sustain or increase their dividend in times of volatility. These are generally great uh, uh, hedges against inflation. And bottom line is bear, bear markets, which we're still in, they, they simply don't move in one direction. So the question is, is this going to be a bit of a headache or head fake, or is, will this be more sustained? A <laughs> uh, head fake. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> There's a headline this morning that says, ExxonMobil CEO cautions against an abrupt energy transition. Is this just ExxonMobil telling people not to stop using gas? <laughs> No, I mean, come on. It, it, it's it's a little bit from column A. It's a little bit from column B. I mean, let's let's be honest here. I mean, I think there's. I don't think it would surprise anyone or a reasonable minded person to think that a an abrupt uh, transition from one energy source to the other, unless the uh, the infrastructure and the output for this other al- al- alternate energy source is there, which I don't believe we have. I mean, it's you can't just snap your fingers and immediately go find some alternate source. So I think they're. <laughs> there is some credibility behind that statement, but also he's got his own self-interest behind that, right? Um, ExxonMobil, he wants to keep profits. He wants to keep the company going. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both, right? And obviously, these energy companies, to include Exxon, to include Chevron, they've had record record profits over the past year, year and a half. But this is coming off of almost a decade, like five years to a decade, decade of record low profits. So... I mean, at this point, he's probably doing what any good CEO is trying to do is just uh, be an advocate for his industry, be an advocate for his sector and his company. All right, my man. We're going to check in with you next hour, and we're going to hope that uh, everything stays up like it is right now. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing right now. Fingers really crossed. really like to see the uh, market stay up this week. <laughs> Rick, you're usually like a good luck charm when you're filling you know, in for Mike. I Generally, like, the markets have like done it. well, so maybe yeah. you're, the, you're the secret sauce here. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm not saying it, but if you want to, that's cool. <laughs> I've got to do something right around here. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. KBOI thanks, News Jeff. Time, 626. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week. All week, unfortunately for you. Sorry about that. But guess what? Chris Walton's here. I love the way you put disclaimers on yourself. Well, I I know that, you know, based on the wonderful emails that I get, and uh, people will say, well, if Worthington's in this week, I'm just not listening. Mike Casper's out. I don't even want to hear you. They're (laughs) fans of yours, by the way. I mean, you guys do a, a very good job keeping your audience informed. Well, thank you very much. They just don't like me very much. Uh, maybe that's just a few of them. Yeah, maybe you know a few. I'm, a few I'm, of the really, really vocal ones. You know, if if I can say though, Nate Shellman left liquor in the studio, and it's just a little bit of bottle of. Oh wait a minute, that's hand sanitizer. Sorry, oh. Nate. I'm throwing you under the bus there. I, I bet it's got a high alcohol. I mean, content. it's got some in it, I'm sure. But I wouldn't it want says to drink hand it. sanitizer though. I was thinking, well, if things get really bad, at least I yeah. can don't make a cocktail you know, with find it. A little bottle that's been left behind. Yeah. My fault. Um, you may have missed over the weekend, and, and please, jokes aside here for just a moment, an Air Force cadet was killed during a training accident. Two others were hurt. Apparently, this was a Humvee accident. Uh, not entirely sure what happened. It's under investigation. Uh, taking our uh, notes here from the Idaho Statesman, which uh, did put out an article on this, uh, says the 
Air Force training event at Mountain Home left one cadet dead, sent two others to the hospital over the weekend, and it was a 19-year-old female cadet that was killed. Her name, Mackenzie Wilson, uh, died on Friday about 12.30 in the afternoon during an instruction that involved a Humvee. This is all according to the Air Force. So uh, we're very sorry to share that information with you today if you hadn't heard that. And, And there were a lot of things that were going on Friday, I admit, Most people were locked into what was going on with the Supreme Court and their decision. We're certainly going to talk more about that today as well. And we'll take your calls at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on Verizon Wireless or 1-800-529-KBOI. If you want to talk about something else, that's okay too. Right now it is uh, 745. Time for us to talk a little bit about sports. There was this thing going on yesterday called the Stanley Cup Final. It's not the finals, like the NBA finals. It's the Stanley Cup final. It involves the Tampa Bay Lightning, team that's won the last two cups in a row, and the Colorado Avalanche. And the Avs found themselves behind early on. Love again behind the play, three on two for the Avalanche. Manson McKinnon back for Manson. Tapped over. Score! It's our Terry Lekkinen! It's a work of art! Lekkinen off the feed from Manson and McKinnon. As tallied and gives the Avalanche a 2-1 to lead. Yeah, Tampa Bay scored the first goal. The Avs came back and scored the next two. They led 2-1 to going into the last few minutes of their match. Ten seconds now. Four check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way to the other end of the ice. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. <laughs> they did it. They did it. little squeak it. there. The job is done. <laughs> The Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. And they will lift Lord Stanley a mile high. They're pouring off the bench. Colorado has defeated Tampa in six games to claim their third cup. Ladies and gentlemen, the cup is coming back to Colorado. It was a really fun series, though. I mean... Give Tampa Bay all the credit in the world. And they were still really upset about the game that they had lost before. But this one, a heck of a game. Uh, the Avs win 2-1 to one to take the Stanley Cup I, back to Denver. I think that guy could describe just about anything and make it sound exciting. Yeah, he did squeak a little bit, though. I mean, that's going to hang with him for a long time. I said, they're Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the media after the game, Smythe Trophy winner Kale Maker had this to say. So grateful and just honored to be be a part of this uh, this success and to help um, help guys that have been through the ups and downs of this team um, succeed. And it's just, uh, it's surreal. Um, I'm not too worried about this individual stuff, just the celebrating the main thing with the boys. Yeah, and they will be celebrating in Colorado today. That will be that parade in downtown Denver. I'm not sure if they're doing it today or if they're doing it tomorrow, but uh, there will be a parade and some celebrating going on uh, in Denver. By the way, sports is brought to you by our friends at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. You can call your order in today, either of their two locations, one in Boise, one in Meridian. Uh, look for the number 33. My sandwich. They named a sandwich. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, right. I just I think that's great. The Worthington. Um, and it's the best darn sandwich on the board. Once again, my opinion. Mm-hmm. You could argue. KBY News Time, 747.
Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Phone lines open for you this morning, 208-336-3700. If there's something you would like to discuss today, 1-800-529-KBOI, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Yeah, there were some protests over the weekend in downtown Boise. Over a 1,000 people, as I hear it. I don't know what the actual number is, but as I'm told, well over a 1,000 people marched in protest of the Supreme Court decision on Friday. Um, we did have an opportunity to talk with, uh, Megan Blanksma Friday afternoon during Nate Shellman's program. And she talked a little bit about what the trigger law in Idaho is. She was part of the team that put that bill together and then got it through, uh, the Idaho legislature. So yeah, she knew a little something about it and she laid some of that on us. Uh, there's more of the conversation that Nate had with her that we'll share with you once we get into the 8 o'clock hour, so stand by for that. And we're still waiting for word on the Amber Alert that was issued just after 6 o'clock this morning. I have not heard anything in line of, hey, they've they found the kids, they found the car, they found the woman that's supposedly, allegedly responsible uh, for all this. So we're keeping an eye on that as well this morning, Chris. All right. Uh, then, you know, that sounds good. That's what we've got so far. I was looking on here to see if there was any new information. I, I keep refreshing it, but... Uh, I have as well. And nothing, I, I've, nothing I've yet. Nothing yet. I've been searching Twitter. I've been searching Facebook, and I just haven't seen anything new on that. Um, but again, I want to let you know that it's a 2003 Honda Pilot. It's blue in color. A 20-year-old woman that they're searching for today. She has two very small kids in her custody Apparently, she was the babysitter, and they're concerned because she may now be on drugs, and they can't find her. They can't find her car. They can't find the kids. So this issued in Napa. It is an Amber Alert. It's still active. And uh, we have a picture, by the way, of uh, the woman, Sierra Martinez. That is available right now at KBOI.com if you want to see it. We put it on our Facebook page. I tweeted that sucker out as well. Um, Yeah. If you get an opportunity, take a look at that, and again, keep your eye out for a 2003 blue Honda Pilot. Keep wanting to say passport. That's not yeah. what it is. So, <laughs> Look for a Honda. Uh, damn near impossible question coming your way here once we get into the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Chris, do we, are we going to tease him with the question this hour? Can we do that, or do we wait until after no, 8 o'clock we, to do that? We should tease them right after traffic and weather. Okay, so we'll do that. Right. Uh, traffic and weather, and then we'll tease that coming up here at, right here on News Talk KBOI. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right. Damn near impossible question time. Very quickly, the uh, Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. The number you want to call here in about 20 minutes is 208-336-3700. You'll win a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Opening doors to the world for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question, what machine was installed for the very first time anywhere 55 years ago today? It was installed in the borough of England, or the borough of Enfield, that is, in London, England. What machine was installed for the very first time anywhere 
55 years ago today. And this one was installed in the borough of Enfield in London. I had no idea what the answer to this one is either. I mean, I should have, but I didn't. So, we're all right. We're going to get there. Okay. Uh, once we get into the uh, 8 o'clock hour, we'll have more of that interview with Megan Blanksmith. So, stand by for that. Also, uh, you, you may not have heard as much as you wanted to about Congress passing that bipartisan gun safety bill. Idaho's delegation... Did you hear how they voted on it? You might be surprised, or maybe not at all. <laughs> uh, so we could tell you about that a little bit I'd as well. I'd be surprised if they were split. Uh, it was not split. It was unanimous among then, Idaho's delegation. Then I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah. Oh, we want to share that with you a little bit and at least tell you, you know, when you've got the first major gun safety legislation in nearly 30 years that actually passed at the end of last week, you might want to know exactly what all is involved in that. What What is the framework? What does it do? Um, but it did pass, and we want to let you know how Idaho's delegation weighed in on that. And by the way, I did just check on the Amber Alert. It is still active. They are still searching for the woman, Sierra Martinez, as well as that blue Honda Pilot 2003 model. Again, her picture is available for you right now to check out. At KBY.com. What did I miss, Chris? I feel like I'm missing something here. It's hot. I mean, I know it's going to be hot. Stanley Cup is over with. You talked about that. Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mentioned that. It's going to be 100 degrees today. You mentioned like 103 degrees today and like 100 degrees tomorrow, too. So You told people to check their air conditioning. uh, I did. A floating season started over the weekend. You could float the river now. Okay. They opened that up. Did see some folks floating the river. Um, Didn't do it myself. Because that water's still not just a little cold. Cold, That's, fast, you know, and deep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there'll be some shrinkage involved in that for sure. Uh, all right, we'll talk about maybe not the shrinkage part, but we'll talk about the rest. KBOI News Time, it's 8 o'clock. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper out today. Rick Worthington filling in this week for him. Mike will be back on Monday next week. Glad you're with us today. Uh, we had mentioned that the uh, the gun legislation that went through and how you may have been so focused on what was going on with the Supreme Court that you missed it. There was some bipartisan support on this. Congress approved the nation's first major gun safety legislation in nearly 30 years. And Idaho's four congressional lawmakers all voted against it. This happening, by the way, Thursday night, or starting mm-hmm. Thursday night, Senator Mike Crapo and Jim Risch joining 31 state Republicans and casting votes against the landmark bill titled the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, proposed law co-sponsored by two Democrats and two Republicans in the Senate, passed the upper chamber on a vote of 65 to 33. But again, Idaho, two senators voting against it. Got an instant message here from Mike, not from Mike Casper, but from a different a Mike. A different Mike, okay. And Mike says, uh, you will know how Idaho's four Congress members voted on the mild gun laws by checking their NRA ratings, all A or A+. plus. Oh, and the big money the NRA has donated to them. Yes, they have. As, as uh, far as I am aware, all four are... Very much in favor of the Second Amendment. 
did not want to see anything change. Uh, By the way, the U.S. House followed the Senate passage with their approval on Friday. It was a vote of 243 to 193. Idaho Representatives Mike Simpson and Russ Fulcher, both Republicans opposing that bill. So all four Idaho Republicans, that is your Idaho delegation. At least they were in sync. Mm -hmm. They were all against it. The Senate's 50 Democrats were joined by 15 Republicans. Uh, that included, by the way, Mitch McConnell in approving the measure. Uh, in the House, 14 Republicans supported the bill to send it to the path to the Democratic President Joe Biden for his signature. He signed the law Saturday morning, making it the first significant piece of gun legislation since a decade-long assault weapons ban, which was passed in 1994, under former Democratic President Bill Clinton. That's how long and, it's been, 1994, and, since a, a bill like this was passed. And expired, by the way. Correct. Among several key components, the new legislation, I'm, by the way, I'm reading this, this is in the uh, Idaho Statesman, if you want to go you know, blow by blow here. The uh, new legislation uh, created out of compromise includes hundreds of millions of federal dollars to encourage states to enact red flag laws. Such restrictions allow law enforcement to look for approval from judges to temporarily remove firearms from people who are deemed to be a danger to others or themselves. Federal funds in that bill may also be used by states towards expanding mental health resources. It includes crisis intervention programs and to increase security at schools where several high-profile acts of gun violence have occurred across the country. Jim Risch, he's been in office since 2009. You know who Jim Risch is. Sure. He wasn't available for an interview. This is according, again, to the Idaho Statesman. After the vote, as he departed on an international flight, according to his Senate spokesperson. But in a written statement on Thursday, Risch argued that legislation infringing on Americans' constitutional rights is not the answer to the challenges before us. One of the... Uh, people running for office in, uh, I believe it was Arkansas, said over the weekend, in, just making a, a a speech, uh, worded it kind of strange, but I understand what she meant, but she worded it a little bit strangely by saying that uh, she thinks that children should be just as safe in the womb as they are in the classroom. Hmm. I thought, wow, what a weird thing to say right now. But, you know, I get the feeling that wasn't planned ahead of time. She just... Wanted to say schools are still relatively safe. In addition to emphasizing red flag laws, the legislation will close so-called boyfriend loophole by further prohibiting who may own a firearm if they've ever been convicted of domestic violence against anyone for whom they maintain an intimate or romantic relationship. The prior iteration of the restriction didn't... uh, Contemplate the gun owner's personal connections beyond the individual spouse or people for mm-hmm. whom they share children or a household. To expand on criminal background checks for individuals who are 18 to 21 years of age, when they try to buy a gun, the bill also emphasizes through grant funding that states include review of juvenile records with the national database. Legislation also makes it easier to prosecute people who buy guns for those who are not allowed to own a gun. Catch that? 
Yeah, which is the same as like if I went into the liquor store and uh, you know came out with a hundred bucks worth of stuff and gave it to a seventeen-year-old and said, "Enjoy your weekend." Right. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of thing that would uh, they could come after you as opposed to just going after the kid that has the gun. Yeah. Or the liquor is the analogy that you're using. Uh, it requires individuals who sell guns as a primary source of income to register with the federal government as licensed dealers. What you could see here is them trying to go around the gun show loophole. Would and anybody shows up with guns to sell, you could just buy it from them. Mm-hmm. There are lots of other things that are going on here. But it is the first piece of gun legislation we've had since the Clinton administration. Right. And again, that law is no longer in effect. So is it a big deal? Yeah, it kind of is. That is a big deal. It the, went through the both way, the, the Senate and the House. The way some people talk about it, though, you would think that you know every session there is at least one bill to simply take all guns away, and, and that's not the case. N- nobody ever, ever... Uh, puts that uh, forth and even if they did that would never get through committee well the second amendment is a powerful thing it's the u.s constitution that we're talking about and so anytime you put restrictions on the second amendment you're going to get people that stand up and say no mm-hmm. you can't even if it's do that just, even if it's you know just uh chipping away at the stone and not getting very much of it again the idaho delegation which is very pro second amendment didn't want to have anything to do with this gun bill. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Should they have taken a closer look at this? Is it smart legislation? Or is it just the first domino in what could be many? Love to hear what you think. They 208 336 They didn't follow the lead of Mitch McConnell. As, they did not. As they normally would do on, on most bills. Some did, though. Some well, sure. did. But, again, not the, but not the Idaho delegation. Well, Mitch McConnell pushed it. He said, yeah, I think this is a good piece of legislation. It's something at a time when people don't want us to do nothing. It's something. It's it's something that we can do. Is it enough? Is it way more than they should have done? That's where you come into play on this, folks. 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI, or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. That's my Apple watch I was telling so, me it's... I was kind of... Uh, yeah. I was surprised Mitch McConnell was in favor of it at, at all. Um, but then when he was, I just assumed everybody else would fall in line. And, and a few of them did, but you know, not, uh, not the majority. Not the majority of Republicans in the Senate. You know, the Senate I had 35 no votes. I know that um, Governor Brad Little is also endorsed by the NRA and is a strong opponent of the Second Amendment. I did not see what the governor had to say on this, so I'm going to search for that because I do believe that he or a spokesperson did have a statement or something to say about it. But again, we were so caught up with what was going on with the Supreme Court that we really didn't round back to that. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. So <laughs> It's the one day I know. we ignore Congress. There were so many things going on. Yeah, let's just ignore what Congress is doing. Nothing to see here. SCOTUS is on. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. We'll hear more from Megan Blanksma in regards to the uh, law that goes into effect in Idaho, the uh, trigger law. You'll hear more about that, and we'll take your calls as well. KBUI News Time is 816.
Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.23 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper along with Chris Walton. Uh, by the way, I know we're going to get to the question answer here in just a second, but I'm going to give you a heads up. There's been another ruling from the Supreme Court this morning about the First Amendment and who it protects. We'll have that for you coming up here in a few minutes. But first, before we get to the phones, Chris, what is today's question and what are we playing for? You are playing for a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. This is all brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. And our question, what machine was installed for the very first time anywhere 55 years ago today? It was installed in the borough of Enfield in London, England. All right. We ready for a phone call here, Nathaniel? Here we go. Melissa is first up. Melissa, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. How are you? I'm good. Great. Good. How are you? Good. We're looking for the machine. What is the machine? I'm going to say the ATM machine. It's in an ATM machine, Chris. It's an ATM. It's you an are ATM machine. Hundred percent a winner. Nice job, Melissa. Well done. Check All out right. the big thank, brain thank on you. Melissa today. Did you? I mean, did, <laughs> would you have guessed that uh, without, like, you know, just without knowing this for a fact, would you have guessed that it's been 55 years that we've had ATMs, or that anybody had one in 1967? I wouldn't have. I don't I think I. Have I don't use them a lot. But. I don't think I even saw one until maybe 1980. <laughs> I mean, at least. Gosh. Well, Melissa, congratulations for the rest of you guys that were on the line and you were waiting for your chance. I, you know, I hope you had the right answer and we just didn't get to you in time. So, uh, Melissa was first up. Melissa's our winner. We're going to put you on hold. We're going to get some information and we're going to hook you up with that $50 gift certificate. Congratulations to you, Melissa. All right. Thanks so All much. Right, thank thank you. you. Hang on the line. Uh, we're going to come back and tell you a little more about this ruling from the Supreme Court today. Again, we had been talking about what the Supreme Court had done last week. Now we're talking about something brand new for today, and it deals with the First Amendment. More on that when we come back after news. KBOI News Time is 825. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 836, Mike Casper is out this week. I'm Rick Worthington filling in. If you were to ask Alexa, Alexa, how hot's it going to be today? She'd say it's going to be, it's going to be damn hot. It's going to be real <laughs> hot. It's going to be mine, crazy hot. Mine never says damn. It just no, it, okay. it doesn't. Uh, she tell you somewhere around one hundred to one hundred and three today. Though, actually, so, quite polite most of the time. You know, when you hear somebody say it's it, we can't stop it. It's going to be hot, and he's not really joking. It's going to be really hot today. Yeah. Uh, I teased you guys a little bit about this. I want to I want to pay off on this. The Supreme Court has made another ruling this morning. This one dealing with the First Amendment. How do you feel personally about the separation of church and state? Is going to be affected by this? All right. The Supreme Court today ruled that the First Amendment protects a public school coach's right to pray near students. The case focusing on separation of church and state involving a high school football coach praying post-game at the 50-yard line, joined by his players. 
The court held that the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect an individual engaging in a personal religious observance from government reprisal. The Constitution neither mandates nor permits the government to suppress such religious expression. It it prevents the government from adopting a religion itself and saying, this is a Catholic country, this is a Jewish country, this Mm -hmm. is a Muslim country, uh, this is a Christian country. They, they, They can't actually officially make it that way. However, it doesn't say anything about preventing people from expressing their own religious beliefs or practicing their own religion in you know on their own time justice neil gorsuch authoring the opinion here and the vote was six to three six to three the vote quote starting to sound familiar both the free exercise and free speech clauses of the first amendment protect expressions like mr kennedy's gorsuch wrote nor does a proper understanding of the amendment's establishment clause require the government to single out private religious speech for special disfavor. The Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. Mm -hmm. Gorsuch writing for the majority. The Constitution neither mandates nor permits the government to suppress such religious expression. So as a coach, you go to midfield after the game, you put down on a knee... And you pray, First Amendment protects you. That's you being an individual, not necessarily representing the state as an employee, uh, speaking for the state. There were three judges that disagreed. Three judges in the Supreme Court. Justice Sonia Sotomayor dissented, joined by Justices Stephen Bayer and Alana Kagan. In her dissent, Sotomayor introduced the case as being about whether a public school must permit a school official to kneel, bow his head, and say a prayer at the center of a school event. She also wrote, The Constitution does not authorize, let alone require, public schools to embrace this conduct. She said the free exercise clause serves as, quote, a promise from our government, while the establishment clause serves as, quote, backstop, that disables our government from breaking it and starting us down the path to the past when the right to free exercise was uh, routinely abridged. That's a quote directly from Judge Sotomayor. Uh, Justice, the Chief Justice here, John Roberts, Justice Clarence Thomas, Justice Samuel Alito, and Justice Amy Conley Barrett joined the majority opinion in its entirety. And that's how you have it today. And, and by the way, just so you understand exactly what we're talking about, the ruling in Kennedy versus Bremerton School District is a win for former high school football coach Joe Kennedy, again, former coach, who was suspended from his job in 2015 over post-game prayer oh, on the happened. 50-yard line that sometimes involved his players. This happened seven years ago and is just now being ruled on by the mm-hmm. Supreme Court. Sure is. Justice isn't necessarily always speedy. Kennedy insisted the midfield prayer, it was brief. It was private individuals' acts of faith. The school district argued that student participation breached constitutional 
prohibitions against promotion of religion by government officials. However, it was not forced participation. Now, the lower courts had sided with the school district in this case, by the way. The Supreme Court reversal in favor of Kennedy could soon expand the ability of government employees nationwide to practice their faiths more openly while they're on the job. So could this affect you? Darn right it could. If you want to pray in public, even if you're in a government building, First Amendment protects you. That's what it tells me. First Amendment protects free speech and free exercise of religion, but it also prohibits the establishment of religion by the government. Yeah. Nobody's ever been able to stop prayer, though, because there's always silent prayer, you know, when nobody knows you're praying. As long as there are quizzes in school, there will always be some form of prayer. Uh, The Supreme Court has long said that public school-sponsored prayer violates the Establishment Clause even if the prayer is voluntary. At the same time, the court has also ruled that that free speech rights don't end at the schoolhouse gate and that religion need not be entirely taken away from public schools. I mean, that's that's a good point. It It doesn't actually say you can practice your religion freely unless you happen to be in this particular building. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Kennedy had routinely prayed on the field after games for more than seven years, and it attracted some participation from students, and it also caused some problems for other parents that didn't like it. And what got him fired was they had told him to stop doing it, and he didn't stop doing it. That's correct. That's correct. So I'm going to do it anyway. And he has as now, is my constitutional right. You know what? He has now won his case. Well, that's what it says, or that's what the Supreme Court says. I should say. Some parents complained that the prayer sessions were applying inappropriate pressure on students to participate, even if unintended. Here's the quote: "The coach is a leader. The coach is a mentor. If he goes to the 50 yard line." He has a message he wants to deliver, and so the players would follow. That according to Bremerton parent Paul Peterson, whose son, Aaron, played for the coach in 2010. The harm is to those who are minority students and minority faiths, the students who have no faith. They're being pressured into doing something that they don't fundamentally agree with. That's what the First Amendment protects us from. Well, that's what the parent thought. That's not what the Supreme Court says. Supreme Court says otherwise. Kind of hard to prove pressure. You can prove a direct well, order. And if, and if they say, okay, you either pray with me or you you know get downgraded or you'll be sitting down next game, something like that. But sure. that's not what he did. The story, by the way, coming from ABC News this morning, which is where I'm reading it from, says Kennedy's case has been cheered on by top Republicans, including former President Donald Trump, dozens of state and federal lawmakers, and... Star NFL quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and Nick Foles, who told the justices in a friend of the court filing that the power of prayer promotes good sportsmanship. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins and Nick Foles stepping up to talk to the Supreme Court on this particular case? Sounds like a cause that, say, Tim Tebow would take up. Yeah, it, it might. Had he been in the NFL, maybe that's a guy who would have stepped forward to mm-hmm. 
you know, say, yeah, go ahead, kneel in the end zone when you get there. He's a, he's officially an NFL veteran, though. Yes, he is. All right, we'll take a break. We'll take your calls on this starting now. 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Should the coach, should the players have the constitutional right to pray in the middle of the field following a football game? Or is it violating the First Amendment? Hmm. Your calls. We'll have it next. KBOI News Time is 846. The Great One. Mark Levin. Tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris. Live and local on News Talk KBOI. 852 on News Talk KBOI. Chris, I got another one for you. All right. The White House is warning of Republican efforts to strip women of their rights. This, in a story from CNN, just published within the last 30 minutes, says the Biden administration is firing back amid intensifying Republican-led efforts to legislate and implement a nationwide abortion ban 15 weeks following the Supreme Court's historic decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. The White House framing that push as a GOP effort to take away women's rights. After the Supreme Court overturned the landmark women's reproductive health bill and upheld the Mississippi law bounding abortion after 15 weeks, some House Republicans who oppose abortion and abortion rights are pushing legislation to implement a nationwide abortion ban to 15 weeks. Such legislation does not currently have the 60 votes needed to overcome a filibuster in the senate but the push for such a ban is a notable effort given that republicans have a strong chance to take back control of the house in this year's midterms house minority leader kevin mccarthy expressing support for the idea last week and former vice president mike pence commended the court in a statement and also lent his support to enacting a 15-week ban across the country and now the biden administration also, looking at this as a GOP push to uh, take away women's rights. That's how they're framing it, anyway. That doesn't surprise me. No, nor should it. President Biden and other top officials have called on Americans to make their voices heard at the ballot box in November. Uh, they are offering a preview of White House uh, messaging on the matter. Uh, this is a quote. Okay. Where does this come? It says, quote, let's be clear. This goes one of two ways. We either have a house and Senate that pushes Roe into federal law or a house and Senate that pushes ultra MAGA policies that strip women of their rights in all 50 States. Congress will either protect women everywhere or strip away their rights everywhere. Hmm. It's kind of cut and dry. I mean, it's looking at it in a kind of a real black and white sort of way. Right. It's either this or it's this. This is the White House Gender Policy Council director, Jen Klein, that made that comment, by the way. That did not come from Joe Biden. That came from the public council director, Jen Klein. So it came from the Joe Biden administration. It came from the White House. All right. That is for sure. But it's always important, at least for me in my news chair, you know, 
I want to make sure that I'm not putting words in the president's right. mouth, that at least you know where it came from. Should the president step out and say, whoa, 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 I, I didn't mean to say any of that. <laughs> Don't pin that on me. That's not what's happening here, but it is good to know. So you know who you're quoting at yeah, all times. You yeah. know where that came from. Um, Klein has been among the White House officials leading the White House response, though, to the Supreme Court ruling, forming an interagency working group and shaping the administration's outreach to key stakeholder groups. And while Biden, by the way, who is traveling abroad right now to key summits this week, Klein is among the top administration officials' efforts to speak publicly in the aftermath of the ruling this week. And I think you could say that, yeah, we understand where she's coming from on this and is definitely towing the uh, Democrat presidency line on this, right? I I would imagine so, yeah. She's going right up to the line. I don't think she stepped over it. No. But I think she's walking right up to it. Um, Make sure that this is also her that is being quoted here. Yeah. Quote, this decision must not be the final word, Biden said in remarks from the uh, foyer, the White House on Friday before he left. My administration will use all of its appropriate lawful powers. Congress must act. And your vote, you can have the final word. This isn't over. That was the president speaking, basically saying it's all, it's going to be up to voters before it's all said and done. But I'm not sure I completely agree with that. I mean, yes, it would be nice if voters had a, a, a part in what the Supreme Court decision was, but we don't vote on what the Supreme Court decision is. So I'm not really sure where the president comes with that. Did I miss something, Chris? No, I don't think so. Let's see. Uh, we've got just a, a little less than a minute left. Somebody calling themselves woman says, I am pro-life, woman, and conservative. I 100% agree with the new abortion laws, but I am scared in the method SCOTUS used to overturn this 50-year-old law. It does open the door to overturn other rights to deem a law as wrong and use that as a legal objection is insane. We are now ruling based on morals and only nine, in this case, five people's morals. SC will not always be right, the Supreme Court leaning, and the thought that the left will use these exact tactics is inevitable. Uh, Alito mentioned limiting contraception. That was, oh that was from somebody calling themselves woman. We'll take a break. News is on the way for you. KBOI News. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 906, glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington, in for Mike Casper this week, along with Chris Walton. Chris, we have breaking news. Yes, we do. Big Huge. I I don't know if I'll go that far. Mayor Lauren McLean. Hello, Boise. Like many of you, I've tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, boy. Thanks to the vaccine, my symptoms are mild. I'll be working virtually until I'm cleared to be in the office again. Well, that's kind of what we've all done. Mayor McLean has COVID. Yeah. It's her turn, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I hate to say it's anybody's turn, but she has 
two Twitter accounts. One is Mayor McLean. The other one is Lauren McLean. She tweets from her personal account. Well, after two and a half years, COVID caught up with me. I'm feeling okay, but coughing a ton at night. So grateful yeah. for the vaccine. So there you have it. That's uh, I don't know how big a news that is, but uh, it is news when the mayor of your town has COVID. And that is the case here. Mayor McLean confirming through her Twitter account that yes, she does have COVID. There's that breaking news. There's other breaking news to share with you. This is even bigger. Actually, this is pretty big deal. Okay. The Amber Alert has been canceled. Has it been resolved? The Napa Police Department has located the children and suspect after an Amber Alert was issued early Monday morning. Officials say the children were abducted by their babysitter, Sierra Martinez, who may be using drugs. That's what officials said. That's an allegation. It may or may not be true. But police haven't released any details on how they were found They are still investigating the circumstances. However, the kids and the babysitter, Sierra Martinez, have been found. They are located, and the Amber Alert, which was issued just shortly after 6 this morning, is now over. That's good. I read um, uh, an email from somebody calling themselves woman earlier, and... Uh, It turned out it was in two parts. I only read the first part, but I'll just read the whole thing again here. Woman said, I am pro-life, woman, and conservative. I 100% agree with the new abortion laws, but I am scared in the methods SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, used to overturn this 50-year-old law. It does open the door to overturn other rights. To deem a law as wrong and use that as a legal objection is insane. We are now ruling based on morals, and only nine, in this case, five people's morals. Uh, I think it was actually six. But it says, SC, Supreme Court, will not always be right-leaning, and the thought that the left will use these exact tactics is inevitable. Alito, Samuel Alito, one of the justices, mentioned limiting contraception. Uh, She goes on. He suggests the limiting of contraception and that alone turns the U.S. into a path of becoming a third-world country. The lack of access to contraception is one of the factors of poverty and lower education. I am starting to believe that the right is intent on keeping the average American uneducated and below the poverty line so as to keep our multi-million dollar companies profitable. Interesting. it's, It's always weird, to me at least, that so many of those who are against abortion are also against contraception because contraception prevents abortion from ever occurring. Well, I mean, that's that's rooted in a religious context, yes? Well, I'm sure it is. The, I'm, well, like for, I guess it, in Catholicism, technically in Catholicism, you're not supposed to use birth control, isn't that correct? I'm not Catholic, I'm not but Catholic Nathaniel either. is nodding his head. Mm-hmm. So he studied theology, so he should mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I. Somebody uh, wrote this, and Fred wrote I'm trying this not in. to step in it too hard today. I just I'm, <laughs> I'm having a hard time with some of this. Fred uh, writes in. This is on a completely different subject, but he says I can I carry a concealed weapon. Suppose. I'm at a store or a restaurant inside or out and see someone coming with an AR. How do I know when or if to shoot? Should I wait until it is pointed or what? 
what would you do? I think if they're just carrying uh, the AR and don't appear to be, uh, you know, aiming it at anybody, that that is uh, probably no reason to shoot. Mm-hmm. However, if someone walks into a, a situation and it seems very, very odd that the individual would have a rifle in, uh, in that place, then I would at least get ready. You know, there there are some places in the world where it's very acceptable to be strapped with a rifle. As I understand, it's not all that uncommon in places like Israel. It's certainly not all that uncommon in the Middle East. Certain places, not all places, of course. I don't want to generalize or paint with a wide brush here. I'm just saying that there are places where this does happen. But I think the the difference here is is the circumstances in which there is conflict in the area and you're you're strapped with a rifle because at some point you know there might be a an attack and that's why you're carrying does it make a huge difference here in the United States I think it frightens mm-hmm. some people if if you're strapped like that well, I, I do think it it makes a difference some people it actually uh I think calms them down a little more. Hey, if something goes down, this guy will take care of it. I don't think you're wrong about unless, that Unless, of course, at all. he happens to be the one, you know, causing it. Uh, somebody named Rick, not you, but somebody named Rick wrote in and says, uh, is the Boise mayor single? I saw her on the news the other day, and I am absolutely smitten. <laughs> what pr- a pretty face, and that body is smoking hot. Okay. okay. I, I don't know whether she'd appreciate that or not, but yeah, yeah, Scott is the name of her husband, and they've been married for some time. Yeah. I think they have a couple of kids. And... She has COVID right now, so maybe you just want to wait on that. Um, maybe you have Florence Nightingale syndrome. <laughs> you want to take care of her. Uh, Robin writes in and says, uh, Hi, Chris and Rick. Uh, I see no problem with the coach kneeling in prayer on the 50-yard line. If I understand correctly, he didn't force anybody to join him. He did this in recognition of his faith, which is protected. Many of us were angry about the ex-football player and others kneeling in protest, but they had every right to do so. It is sad how much more support there is for kneeling in protest than there is for kneeling in prayer. It it may be closer to 50-50 than you think. Some people just don't uh, voice their opinions very loudly. Paula says, what does it matter whether a person says a prayer in the middle of a football field? How does it hurt anyone for another person to recognize a higher being? It shows respect and gratitude. How is that harmful? We all expect respect and gratitude for things we do. Why can't a person recognize in public, on a public field, someone they think has done something for them? You can ignore, disagree with whatever bothers you, but in an all-tolerant society, why can't we allow someone different to pray? Now, the argument that the parent uh, in this particular case was trying to make is that if, if the head coach goes out there to the middle of the field and gets on a knee and prays, there's going to be undue pressure on his players to go out and do the same thing. That if you don't, somebody's going to notice, and therefore there's pressure there to to go out and do the same thing. And that it's unfair to those kids to feel that type of pressure. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm not giving you the uh, the lawyer speak on this. Wayne writes in, 
and says to the lady concerned about the Supreme Court possibly overturning existing laws concerning contraceptives or other practices, Clarence Thomas is the justice who raised a concern, and his concern was not about the practice itself, but the legal ration, rationale that was used to uh, ensure them. As we've seen, when poor legal analysis is applied, as in Roe, then laws can be changed. It's better to have a solid constitutional argument in place. That's from Wayne. And then uh, John writes in and says, uh, football coach win, hooray. We're getting some sanity back in the courts. As for Kagan's concerns that the coach could have undue pressure on students as being coercive, but she would be in favor of drag queens in elementary school enforcing kids to participate in Pride Month events. I think she has a bat or two in the bell tower. By the way, there's another Supreme Court ruling that just came down. I will share with you after the break. KBOI News Time is 9.15. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Glad you're hanging with us on this Monday morning. 9.18, going to be hot today. It's already 83. Going to be up near 100 or even better today. Every time I look at the thermometer it's gone up about three degrees yeah it's going to keep doing that too by the way if you want to jump in on today's program we'd love to have your call at 208-336-3700 pound 670 if you're using a verizon wireless phone today or 1-800-529-kboi max thanks for calling this morning how are you doing uh blessed more than i deserve thank you rick it's nice (laughs) to meet you thank you (laughs) i I like to think of myself as a, a friend of the program. Chris and I have met, and mm-hmm. Mike, I hope he's enjoying his time off. I'm trying to come up with a name. Is it uh, Walton and Worthing? or Worthington, Worthing and Walton, yeah. Or yeah. You know, it's something like that. Yeah, it's, it, it can okay. be whatever you'd like it, but you can, I'll, I'll you take can, your suggestion. It sure. Be, it could be me and him if you want. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Walton and that other dude that nobody likes. How's that? I wouldn't believe that for a minute. Listen, I was on the fence about calling in. It's the first time to call in and voice an opinion. So thank you for the opportunity. First off, you know, uh, I was going to call in about um, the the coaches, uh, the the, uh, Supreme Court favoring the the coaches' position after seven years, like Chris brought up. (laughs) Uh, You know, just a, a comparison. Another football coach named Joe Gibbs owns um, oh, a two or three car race team in NASCAR. And it is his tradition for his entire um, car owner um, career after his Washington uh, uh, Redskins coaching uh, career that they get the pit crew together whenever their driver of either team, any other teams win. And they say, have a moment of quick. You know, prayer. what's, you know, what's I funny care. about that. I've, I've been to uh to NASCAR events in the past where I had a press pass and, you know, was in the infield and the clubhouse and the garage and all that stuff. And uh, I don't think anybody in NASCAR is going to complain about that. They're actually very religious people for the most part. Yes. And so making that point, I'd like to, what, what put me over the fence here and, and, and encouraged me to call in was, first off, you know, most people that are pro-abortionists, have have our pro-abortion have already been born so 
I hope uh, I thought I'd get a chuckle out of Chris with that. But <laughs> well, anyway. you, you did. <laughs> yeah. It, okay, thanks, it, thanks it, you know, it makes sense. It's like, you know, who, who cares? I'm here now. Who cares about anybody but me? It's all about <laughs> me. <laughs> okay, so this woman calls in and she says that uh, she thinks the right, one of her points was just wants to keep us uneducated. Well, you know, education is, is, is what you make of it. And if you come on the radio and you say things like, you know, uh, they're going to uh, uh, next next uh, up for the uh, uh, Supreme Court is is contraceptives and, and same sex marriages. Well, only Alito brought that point up and no one agreed with him. He's out there on an iceberg by himself. And just, you know, I, it upsets me when people uh, just see the headlines or they just see what the speaker or the president says, and don't um, don't do the research because there's a a lot of lies out there in the media, a lot of untruths. Yeah. Let's call it. At, at the very least, you know, read some articles uh, about uh, what you're talking about. I would say exactly just, just to see what other you know, other people who may know what they're talking about are saying about it. True. <laughs> yeah, my my, my youngest son. Uh, went through Grand Canyon University, got a degree in communications. Now he's at Arizona State in August, uh, going for his master's at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. And I keep telling him, hurry up, get out there. We need you in the media speaking the truth. So, you know, and, and it's funny that's called the Walter Cronkite School because somebody was just talking about that over the weekend, that uh, in in the past when something like this happened, we would all turn into... I mean, the distant past now, but we would all turn into Walter Cronkite. He would tell us what it was about. We would assume that he got all the facts right, and uh, we would say, "Okay, this is probably fine then." And and that was pretty I'm much the way that was pretty that. much the way everything went. Uh, you know, whether it be, I think they were talking about Watergate in particular, but they said when he sure. started to talk about Watergate, all of a sudden people were concerned about Watergate. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes. Yes. Hey, Max. Thanks all very right, much well, for the phone call this morning. My joy, you guys have a blessed day, and uh, and keep your kids and your pets out of the uh, cars. We'll <laughs> do. got that. It's All right. Hot. Max, thanks again for the phone call. We appreciate it. Mike in Boise, thanks for calling today. How are you, Mike? Good morning. I'm, uh, like everybody, watching all the news and all the protests. But uh, what brought my attention was the governor in California and the governor in New York how the decisions on Roe versus Way and how we're taking away the rights of the people and we're taking away, now it's going to be the LGBTers and same-sex marriage and all that. We're all taking away those rights. But a month ago, those two same governors were saying we need to take away the semi-automatic rifles and we need to ban handguns and we need to ban this and this court decision on concealed carry. The world's going to come to end. And maybe I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but isn't that a little crossways? It's a little strange, uh, huh. too, that the, the governors of New York and California in particular were worried about uh, losing uh, abortion rights because neither of those states, and we know this very well, neither of those states is going to outlaw abortion. Mm-mm. No, they will not. Yeah. Yeah, and what, and what the Supreme Court basically said is this is a state's rights. Uh, they uh, And they did it on the, you know, the New York gun law has always been questioned, and if you know your history in Idaho, 
30, 40 years ago, it was the same way. The only way you could get a permit is from the local sheriff, and they gave them out at their discretion. If mm-hmm. they didn't think you needed one, you didn't get one. Uh, you know, if you gave to the campaign a lot and were a buddy, then you could probably that law and the world didn't come to an end but I, I just thought it was ironic the, the especially the governor of california how we're taking away this right and a month ago he wanted to take away another right well it is california uh, i'm just going to point it out because i lived in california yeah. for a while uh and I, i'll also point out that you know gavin newsom may not be the most popular guy in california but he is at least with uh with his constituents he is really popular you're not yeah. you're not going to see Gavin Newsom be voted out anytime soon in California, I don't think. In, in fact, I think no. he's going to become a lot more popular with Democrats and be elevated, I think, very soon. Gavin Newsom's done a pretty good job making a name for himself uh, in blue states, and you're going to see a lot more of him. Yes, I, I totally agree. I just think it's ironic of how we want to save the rights of one, but take away the rights of another. Yeah, well, uh, people say that uh, American politics is, you know, on its face is is hypocritical, and to a certain extent, they are right about that. I think there's some hypocrisy. Definitely. Sure, I I, I see yeah. some of it. You know. I'm yeah. I'm not going to be the guy that points it all out today because but there are lots a lot. of incidents where people yeah. can say, "Why do they take care of this and do nothing about that?" Well, it's because everything is a negotiation. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much yeah. for the call and today, Mike. Thank you. We appreciate you. Take care. If you'd like to jump in today, we've got a line open for you: two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. They don't make long lists and say, "For this to count, we have to also control this, 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 and this." Right. Uh, we do have. A few of you guys on hold. We're going to get to you in just a minute. We've got to take a break here. We've got news coming up at the bottom of the hour. I told you there was another decision that was made by the U.S. Supreme Court today. It has to do with prison inmates looking for shorter sentences under a 2018 federal law. I'll tell you what that is all about coming up as well. KBUI News Time, 927. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.33 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington, along with Mike Casper, got uh, calls. We'll get to you in just a moment. A couple of things real quick. Number one, we heard earlier today that the Amber Alert has been canceled. Apparently, the children... And the babysitter that they were looking for this morning have been located. Good. Good news for us. Uh, also, we learned this morning that Mayor Lauren McLean has COVID. Yeah. She confirmed that through Twitter earlier today. Apparently, her symptoms are light. Not feeling great, but not feeling awful either. So, we wish her a speedy recovery. And the Supreme Court's been ruling on a number of things today including a coach who is allowed to pray at midfield after football games. Apparently lost his job over it. The Supreme Court also made it easier today for certain prison inmates to seek shorter sentences under a bipartisan 2018 federal law aimed at reducing racial disparities in prison terms for cocaine crimes. Justice is ruling 5-4 on that. So we could talk about that as well. Number to call 208 336 3700. Jerry, you're up first. Thanks for waiting. Jerry, how are you? 
Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I've lived in uh, Eagle here for five years, but prior to that, uh, I lived in Washington State, and I was on the school board in the neighboring district of Bremerton, Washington, uh, where Coach Kennedy was the coach. Uh, I've, I've met the coach. I have also uh, friends with State Representative Jesse Young over there that really helped the coach uh, from day one. This is a case of uh, an elitist uh, uh, left leaning ideology school board in Bremerton, Washington, that uh, uh, is anti-religious, they're anti-charter uh, school, they're anti-everything, uh, uh, if you want to say that. But uh, uh, this is a case of a school board gone wrong. And I just want to uh, let parents know that uh, – and, and why do I say that? Because w- when I was on the school board, you'd go to these association meetings and neighboring school board meetings, and and and, and who would be the speaker? They would hire someone from. Uh, uh, we we had we had one one uh, meeting there where it was the editor of the Huffington Post came in to speak to us, but they always get the far left uh, people to come to speak to the school board uh, association members. But I just want to warn the parents of Idaho to monitor your school boards very closely. Uh, Look at these candidates when they run. Find out what they're all about. Don't allow allow, uh, uh, left-leaning individuals to take over your school board. Uh, That's that's the danger. This is a school board situation that went wrong in Bremerton, Washington. I am happy that uh, that the coach won his case. Uh, it shouldn't have ever happened uh, in the first place, but this is what happens when a school board goes wrong. There are school boards and school administrators who are not anti-religious, but they try to stay away from things like this simply because they don't want lawsuits. You know, they don't want to have to go to court about things. And uh, I, I knew a principal who was, uh, you know, a regular churchgoer and and very staunch in his religion, but he wouldn't allow even mentions of religion in his school simply because he interpreted uh, that the go- the government not establishing religion as if you're in the government, stay away from religion altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's exceptions to every case, and I totally understand how uh, a school superintendent or a school board would want to cover themselves over over legal challenges, I understand that, but that's that's why they're elected to to make these hard decisions and to identify potential risk and mitigate those risks. But why is it that they always uh, seem to fall on the side of of wrong <laughs> when they make their decisions? But it's because they 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 have a code that's uh, ideolo- ideologically uh, left leaning. So. Um, like I say, the, that's why one of the reasons why we left Washington State is because it's a lost cause. Um, uh, and and uh, just want to warn parents, you know, when you, when, you, when you go to a school board meeting, look at the consent agenda. See what they're spending dollars on on the consent agenda. Who are they bringing in to uh, uh, train the teachers and, and train the, the staff and uh, all of these other things? It, it, it's, it, it's, they, they go. They hide it the best they can, uh, but it, it's, it's happening. And uh, just wanted to warn the Idaho parents about it. I understand. Hey, Jerry, thank you very much. Appreciate your call you today. Bet. But an instant. Yeah, yeah, I love the show. Love <clears throat> thank the show. you. Thank, thank you very much.
instant uh, message from uh, Mary. Earlier we, earlier we talked about like carrying a weapon and reasons to uh, feel that you needed to. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, my editor and, she's a writer, by the way, my editor and publisher, a couple, live in Israel. She was a sniper in the Israeli army. She told me even she has a very difficult time keeping her government license to have a gun. A citizen cannot have a gun without passing major hurdles, and the license is for the specific gun on the license. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's just not for you to carry. It's for you to carry a specific gun that you have to uh, present. And uh, that's that sounds his, that, right. That's Israel. Now, does doesn't law make it so that everyone has to serve in Israel? Yeah, I think I mean, everybody's got to put in time. I, I don't know if you necessarily have to be in the military, I don't, I, and or or you can have alternative service. But I think you do have to give two years. Yeah, that's what and, I and understood. That's, there are there are several countries where you have to do that. My uncle, who grew up in Norway, he did that as well. I'm, I'm making a point here is that just about everybody in that country. Knows how to use a firearm. Pretty much. And they don't have nearly as many problems in Israel, of course. Nobody has as many problems as we do here in the United States. Well, I mean... With shootings. Mass shootings. They've got other kinds of problems in Israel. They absolutely do. No question about that. Randy, you're up next. Thanks for calling us on KBOI, Randy. Okay, I listen to you guys quite a bit, as well as the afternoon. And I have a question about the media in general. I've been listening to, you know, this whole... uh, Abortion thing for I don't know ten twenty years. Okay, about abortion in general. Anybody, and 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 they, they always talk about the loss of women's health care, which is accurately defined as the right of a mother to hire an assassin to kill her child. Nobody ever talks about it in those terms. They talk about in these flowery terms when in fact that's the right they're arguing for. Doesn't sound like an argument for it would use that term though, does it? Why doesn't the other side use it? Why doesn't the people opposed to abortion, they don't use it either. I don't understand why they sugarcoat it. I can understand why the media could because they don't want to offend people. But the issues involved, when you're standing in front of a crowd, somebody sends a microphone in your face, you're in a position to say whatever you want to say about what you're no. talking about. There are people in the I world. I understand there are people in the world who uh, you know don't believe that life begins at conception. They think uh, that uh, a fetus is only viable, you know, when it can exist maybe outside the womb. For instance, if you're Jewish, technically if you're Jewish, life begins when the baby is born and not before. Right. I mean, okay, if you can, but you know what they're really talking about what those crowds in every city including ours are arguing for. They're arguing for that right and the terrible loss that they're experiencing, even if they can no longer bear children, this terrible right that's been lost of a mother to choose to have her child killed. That's still what they're talking about. Thanks for the call today. Appreciate you voicing your your opinion on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I understand that people are going to get fired up. He presented that as if it was fact and, uh, I think what he's describing is fact, but the way he's describing it is more opinion. You know what I mean? Yes. The language yes. he's using. There are, there are lots of people out there that are going to disagree with that. And that's not me making an argument. That's just saying, hey, there were a thousand people that were out in Boise very upset about having lost their right, a right that they had for 50 years leading up to this weekend 
here's an instant message that is uh, not signed. Uh, it says, as far as the coach's prayer being coercive or too much pressure, time to teach our children to get a backbone. Toughen up, Buttercup. Quit being a snowflake and start being thankful we have a constitution <laughs> that allows you the freedom to be different from the crowd. Yay, Supreme Court, for protecting religious freedom, even if others are offended by it. i got to say, I don't see any problem with the coach going to the middle of the field and saying a prayer, regardless of who he's around. I don't see any problem with it. Daniel wrote in, he says, hello, Chris, I wonder if all the people that called and emailed you that are happy with the SCOTUS ruling that the coach can pray at midfield will be just as happy when a Satan worshiper gets on stage and prays after a school concert. Now, you might think that's ridiculous, but it's not. There are there is a Satan worshiping church in Boise that has demanded to, you know, give uh, was it the benediction or whatever they 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 give at, at the opening of um, the the, uh, the legislative session because they they usually invite different uh, religious people to come in and, and give prayers, and the uh, the Church of Satan wants to do it as well. Church of Satan. Let's take our call from Rich. Rich, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. How you doing? Uh, good morning. Well, but religious freedom, the Church of Satan should be allowed to do it. But the reason why the governor, people in California and New York are upset about this is because now it can be overturned by federal law. The Republicans could get in there with the president, the House, and Senate, and they could ban abortion through the entire country. You know these religious fascists aren't going to stop with this. They're going to keep going, you know, and they don't like gay marriage either. You know, that'll be next on their target list. That's why these people in some of these states where it's legal now, and uh, who, who knows what Idaho's abortion laws will be next year. It might be a total ban. We might They might have a law where we, the people can't go to Oregon, leave state. This isn't over. You know, that's why people are upset about this, because these, you know, these religious fascists, they won't, they're not going to stop until they get their way. My guess with Idaho is that eventually it will be as close to allowing absolutely no abortions as possible. And, and some of them, yeah, I guess, what is it, Missouri, Oklahoma, they've already uh, come closer than anybody trigger ever laws has before. Yeah. already in effect, isn't it? Right. Yeah, and, and that, that could be a federal law. Uh, well... Yeah, yeah, they, it, it, it could become a federal law. That's why people in California and, and New York are upset about it. It doesn't affect them now, hmm. but now it can. Prior to this decision, you couldn't pass a federal law banning abortion. Now you can. I think it, I, I just I just feel like it. it and, and of course, it's it's not impossible, like you say, but it is difficult in California for any conservative. Uh, opinion i think to end up becoming law of the state it doesn't have to be law of the state it can be federal law and then it governs california right the federal government could pass it and then it's banned in california it doesn't matter if california passes a law or not mm. that's what you're missing out on well right now they have still left it up to the states officially but again that's for now well no they they, they didn't they didn't leave it up to the states and that's not what they said they didn't leave it up to states. The federal government still the federal government can still do it. They didn't deny the federal government from passing a law ban on abortion. They didn't say, "Well, it's up to the states now." That's not what they did. That's what people are saying they did. Mm. 
they just they just turned it back and out. Now states can make their decision unless the federal government steps in and makes a decision for all the states. Then it's banned. All right. Thanks, Rich. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate your call today. Got a line open at 208-336-3700. And, John, I see you're waiting for us to come to you. We'll do that when we get on the other side of the break. KBUI News Time is 946. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Five minutes left in the program. Going to do my best to get through all the calls that we have here. So I'll start with John. Thank you very much for waiting. How are you, John? Good. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Well, um... I couldn't. I, I thought I was going to miss Rich for once, but I didn't. He get he gets this backwards. Um, it's not that uh, we have a right. The child child has a right to life, and we're protecting that that right. That's all it is. That DNA of that unborn child is unique in all the world, and it's a person. Whether you legislate that personhood away or not, they tried that with slavery, and we see how that got you. But the reason I called was, and now I forgot what it was. Oh, I hate it when that oh, happens. Praying, praying, pray, yeah. Hmm. The right to pray is the same, the same argument. You have a right to pray whoever you are. And you can do that in public if you want to. And I'm not going to object to uh, a Satanist praying in, in public, as long as they're not chopping off heads and sacrificing babies to the volcano god somewhere. I mean, as long as it, we can protect the lives that are involved, then there's really no... I mean, that's what freedom is all about, is it not? Sure. That's all I have, guys. Thanks. John, thanks, thanks very much for listening today. We do appreciate it. Nicole, you're up next. Appreciate you calling today on KBOI. How are you, Nicole? Great. Thank you. Thank you. So what do I do just, for you? I just wanted to mention that I think that people are upset about the whole abortion ruling because lawmakers are going to have to go on record saying that they're okay with a late-term abortion. Uh-huh. So they're not. you can't just say, yeah, I'm pro-life, but this is the way my party goes or it's only to protect the mother, or in case of rape or incest, it's going to be, are you okay with killing a baby in the third trimester? Mm-hmm. That's That could be part and of you it. Don't, and you, you don't actually meet many people who will say that. No. No, you don't. most people will not say that. So they're going to have to go on record, and states are going to have to go on record. That's good perspective. Thank you very much for the call today, Nicole. Appreciate you Thank listening. Thank you for your show. One more. Jim. You're up. Thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI, Jim. Yes, good morning. So I wanted to make a comment on, uh, seems like a lot of the callers are calling in, and they're claiming a, a right, a right to abortion, and that they're losing their rights. And uh, legal system here in the United States, based on the Supreme Court interpreting our laws, well, it starts off with the Declaration of Independence, uh, declaring the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then, of course, we got the Constitution with the Bill of Rights. So they're enumerated, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of press. Everybody talks about the rights. There is no right to an abortion. There's a, there's, there are rights, but uh, they're legal rights. And so I just want to make that uh, yeah distinction now, now back in the uh this is i mean i agree with you but there's another distinction in in that back in the days when these documents were written they didn't think that the rights applied to everyone they didn't apply to women they didn't apply to slaves 
That's correct. And I don't know, maybe they didn't apply to unborn children. I, I don't know. It's hard to well, sometimes guess what they were going for. It's a good point uh, because, yeah, I mean. Still, still don't have a right to an abortion. I mean, I don't see where that's enumerated. I'm not, ar- I, I would not argue the point with you. I'm just saying that it's, you know, yeah. there, there is a little irony there that, you know, it, it took a really long time for women to gain rights at all. You know, they didn't have a whole bunch to begin with. And couldn't vote for the last vote, 50 property, years. You know? They've had the right to do this. And it's one that's been stripped from them now. So women in particular are pretty upset. Well, they're, they're using the word right again. Show me the, show me the, show me the right where it's enumerated in our legal documents that our Supreme Court uh, uses. Uh, show it to me. All right. Thanks very much, Jim. Appreciate well, your time today. Clearly, there's nothing about abortion at all that's uh, in the Constitution. But the Supreme Court had ruled in 1973 that a woman did have a right to an abortion. Mm-hmm. If she so chooses. You know, it's, it's just such, such a difficult subject to discuss for so many people. I mean, it, 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 I'll just speak from, from a home perspective. It's the one issue that my mom is more passionate about than any other. She and her church, she and her Christian women's club, that's their issue. And this is the one that they're going to vote on. And yeah, there are several people in that church that are really, really excited. And there are other people that namingly women, lots of women, even Christian women that are very upset that they're losing their right as a woman to make this choice for themselves. And they're very passionate about it, just the same as it is on the other. So it's, it's hard for me to sit here and, and dance around it. And uh, it's difficult on a number of different scales, but I appreciate the fact that you know, for the most part, in this show and in others, people are able to, you know, give their position on it without name calling or pointing or, you know, appreciate it. We'll try it again tomorrow, guys. We'll see you then.